Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, there'll be another New Zealander playing in the English football premiership. We hear from one of our leading cycling contenders at the Commonwealth Games, there's an Australian looking to lift the Ranfilly Shield this weekend. Anna Scarlett has got rid of her bikini and is back wearing the silver fern on the netball court. And our men's hockey team is battling with the best in the world. The All Whites defender Winston Reid has completed his deal to join the English Premier League football club West Ham United this week. The 22-year-old, who scored a memorable last-minute equaliser for New Zealand at the World Cup against Slovakia, signed a three-year deal from his Danish club for an undisclosed fee. Barry Guy talked to the All Whites coach Ricky Herbert about the big signing. Oh, look, I think it's fantastic news. I think, you know, off the back of the incredibly successful World Cup, you know, this couldn't have come at a better time. You know, it's, uh, it sometimes takes a little while to get things over the line, but... Um, I think fully justified and, uh, you know, a fantastic move for a young, talented player. I understand he is crediting you for a part of the deal. Yeah, look, I've had contact with the club um, and with the manager on uh, on a number of occasions. And um, there was dialogue post-World Cup in, in reference to a move of that level for Winston. And, um, you know, I'm just delighted that it's, you know, managed to come to fruition for him. What about um, the deal as far as he's concerned? Is it a, 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 a good move for him? And also, what about the club? Oh, look, it's a, it's a huge move for him because, you know, West Ham and the pedigree that it has and, you know, the history that it has in the, in the, in the top flight of football around the world. Um, I think that Winston's age is going to an extremely uh, talented manager who's, you know, had, had involvement at, at, at clubs like Chelsea as well. So... Um, he's in excellent hands. From um, a club point of view, it's, it's an incredibly strong investment for them. Uh, I see they've signed about five players in the last couple of weeks. So it's been a busy time for the Hammers. I mean, uh, should we expect Winston to be starting almost straight away? Uh, that's a difficult one. I mean, uh, we'll certainly be up to, uh, to the manager and, and, and his thoughts around that. But... Um, you know, all I can say is, uh, you know, Mr. Grant was incredibly strong and, and wanting to get Winston to the club, and um, you know, I think he would, would certainly feature in his plans. But um, like any move, I think there'll be a, uh, a sort of a, an interim time for him to settle in. But um, I'm sure he'll be very eager to be part of the, uh, the starting lineup. It just to remind us, perhaps, the attributes or, or the certain things that Winston will bring to them. Oh, look, he's a very strong character. You know, athletically very dominant. Um, and I think that showed an abundance at the World Cup, you know, dealing with some of the best players in the world. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's technically proficient as well, and I think at that level you need to be. Um, so, you know, there'll be there'll be learning steps and there'll be certainly improvement, but, um, you know, he's got a hell of a lot of potential. And uh, like I say, I just think this is a great move and great timing for him. And he will have learnt a lot of the hard edge that's required playing alongside Ryan Nelson? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, Winston came into the environment um, totally kind of unaware. 
of what New Zealand was about at, at national team level, and I think he's he's embraced everything that we've provided and put in front of him. We played a new system that he adopted too, which should be different. That he's going to experience going to West Ham. He's just slotted and um, you know excellently well, and I think you know that's credit to him. I mean, he's very determined, and you know that strong sort of character trait will um, should stand him in good stead. And while we might not see sort of uh, too much uh, action, I suppose, movement in the next uh, few months, uh, the signing of an all-white um, is all good for the future for New Zealand players, I'm assuming? Oh, it is. Look, I think it just signals everything that, uh, you know, what we're about. I mean, we've taken a team, we've put them back on the world stage, they've performed incredibly well. And uh, a strong spin-off from, from that is that we have another player now playing at the highest level of football in the world. Um, Gee, if that's not aspirational, then I'm not sure what is. So, um, oh, it's, a, it's a great flagship and uh, a great sign for all young aspiring players in New Zealand. Ricky Herbert, West Ham opened the new Premier League season in a week against Bolton. A strong 26-person cycling team was named to compete at the Commonwealth Games in Delhi in October. The squad is headlined by the 2009 Pursuit World Champion Alison Shanks, road stars Hayden Rolston and Greg Henderson, and the men's pursuiters Jesse Sargent, Sam Bewley, Wesley Goh, Mark Ryan and Peter Latham. I spoke to Shanks and asked her about the team's preparation and expectations less than two months out from the Games. The position that Bike NZ are in at the moment is that there are so many strong riders and it's hard for the selectors and it's really exciting though the strength that we've got and I guess the depth across the road, the track, track endurance and the sprinting and I think Bike NZ is in a really fantastic position right now. You're one of the strongest medal contenders we have at the Commonwealth Games. How's your preparation been going? Yeah, it's been going pretty good. We're um, over here on the East Coast in America at the moment, uh, based in Pennsylvania. And there's sort of 15 to 20 riders here at the moment and training um, and racing here. And things are going really well. We've been battling some pretty hot and humid weather, but I guess it's uh, all good preparation for for Delhi. Um, And then, yeah, we head over to France uh, early September where we'll join up with the rest of the full track team will be there, including the endurance men that are racing in Europe at the moment. And what are some of the main goals of that gathering in France? Well, obviously, at the moment, we're still in a bit of an endurance phase. You know, you, you spend a lot of time out on the road bikes, clocking up the miles and really just getting that endurance base. But and then when we arrive in France, it'll be a very specific track work and topping up that uh, endurance with some strength and speed on the track. The track team in particular has been described as the strongest team New Zealand sent to a Commonwealth Games in a long, long period. Why is that, Alison, in your opinion? I think it's because the track team is the strongest ever, really, and I think it's the development of Bike NZ and the support staff that we now have, and I guess the national support and the funding that's available now to the program means that we can really implement the ideal program rather than being limited by, uh, you know, and restricted, which has probably been the case in the past. Having such a large team of obviously very competitive athletes, does that provide motivation for you to sort of push towards the next level of achievement in your goals and your aims? Oh, definitely. I mean, when I first came into the program, there was sort of two women in the in the whole program, and now we've got a huge program of girls all pushing for spots 
and it makes it really competitive. We were down at the track this morning and, you know, we, we ride the 40 minutes to the track and then we've got a two-hour track session where we're all gunning for the fastest lap times and everything and then, you know, jump on our bikes and ride home again. So it's a great training environment and, yeah, you can only get better training in that kind of environment. There's also a fair bit of youth in the team. Obviously, Eddie Dawkins at 21 years old is, is a very, very promising talent. What's it like having people like that around? Is that enthusiasm that some of the younger riders bring in rub off on, on the shoulders of some of the older heads? Yeah, it does. I guess it's a little bit of a, a wake-up call to think, oh, man, I'm one of the old ones now. But um, it's really awesome to see the younger riders pushing through. And you've got a really professional approach you know, for being such young athletes both in the women's and the men's program, like you said in that Eddie and the sprint side of it. And those young athletes really are very professional in their approach and I think they've all got a pretty bright future. And you obviously agree with the style of, of approach to preparation that Bike NZ has taken. You think that going to America and then to France is going to be the ideal preparation heading into the Games? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we've got that great mixture of being here in America and the road training is really great and the track here in, in T-Town as well is a fantastic environment and it's a little bit more relaxed in this phase and then once we hit France, it's great to have a change of scenery, you know, you can get stale being in one place for uh, for too long, you know, training on the same roads and stuff, but so it's, you know, a month out we'll pack everything up and move across to France and it's where we did our Olympic build up as well so the roads are all familiar and the track and you know surroundings is all familiar to to a lot of us Um, it'll be new to some of the younger ones obviously but hopefully we can uh, give them a few tips and help them along. Obviously there's a fair bit of weight riding on your shoulders in terms of the expectations of New Zealand looking for medals at the Commonwealth Games. What are your expectations though? I mean obviously you'd like to finish in the podium ideally with the gold medal but personally your expectations for the Games? Um, Yeah well you said it right there I mean it's Uh, that gold medal for sure in that individual pursuit and I think again it's the type of event my approach to it is I go out there to try and produce the fastest possible time and I guess because you don't have any influence you know any real direct influence on your competitor you can have that ability to focus on producing the fastest time you can put out there on the day and you know ultimately everything uh, going right that will produce a gold medal. You said earlier you've been preparing in some rather high temperatures in the United States before you head to France. Is that what you're expecting in Delhi? What are you expecting in terms of the track? Is it even finished yet? Have you seen it? Do you know what to expect from India? Um, We don't know 100% what to expect. I have seen a few photos of the velodrome and it's looking pretty good. Uh, All the boards, you know, the track's all down and I guess they're making finishing touches to the surrounding stadium. But the, uh, the velodrome's all good to go from what we hear and um, we have seen a few early pictures of it with the boards down so if all else fails there's a velodrome for us to ride around (laughs) and um, in terms of the climate yeah I mean we've obviously that was part of the planning that went into where we would do our preparations and here on the east coast is those high temperatures and high humidity is you know something that we'll expect in India. What about your rivals? I see some of the British riders are perhaps thinking about not considering or have pulled out of the Commonwealth Games to ride in the European Championships for whatever reason. How do you feel about some of those riders not being at the Games? In terms of the women, the British women, uh, we haven't really heard anything along those lines, so we're just assuming that they're going to be there. But the British, I guess, they're a strong force, but they're only one country, and there's a lot of other strong countries coming through in the track cycling that were represented at Worlds this year, we got a pretty good sneak preview. Canada have got some fantastic riders, and they've got a double world champion in the women's side of it. And then there's the Australians, which are always strong as well. So the competition is still going to be really hot. That's Alison Shanks. This is Extra Time 
a web-only sport program from Radio New Zealand Sport. Otago hasn't won rugby's Ranfilly Shield for over 50 years, but the Otago Rugby Union's banking on an Australian who's only been on the scene for seven months to end the drought. 1957 was the last time the Shield was in residence at Carisbrook, and this weekend the local derby against Southland doubles as a Shield challenge. The former Queensland coach Phil Mooney, who's now in charge of Otago, says it's good coming to New Zealand to coach. Some of the obvious differences are back home, Rugby Union is one of four codes, where here it's it's uh, the one and only code, so um, everyone here is extremely knowledgeable about the game and very passionate and uh, very devout followers of the, of the team and the game. Because you watched Southland win the Shield, I understand, on television last year. I can remember sitting sitting back in Brisbane and watching Southland uh, beat Canterbury and, you know, how euphoric it was for them and, you know, understanding how long it had been since they'd won it and it was, uh, you know, it looked a great moment from where I sat. Did you have any inkling at that time that you'd be in a position to take the shield off Southland? No, not, no, not at all. Um, you know, it's amazing how things turn out and uh, when it was last year, I was sort of sitting at home in Brisbane, you know, working with the Broncos rugby league team and, you know, here I am sort of eight or nine months later and, and you know, we have the opportunity to, to play them for the for the Ranfurly Shield on Saturday night. There'd certainly be some irony, wouldn't there, in the fact that Otago hasn't had the Shield for over 50 years. You've been in town five minutes and you could undoubtedly the keys to the city if you succeed. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess there would be, but um, yeah, we're certainly um, not getting ahead of ourselves and uh, we've still got a lot of, lot of hard work to do between now and then and disappointing first-up effort. So, as I say, we've got a lot of work to do and... Uh, you know, I'm sure come Saturday night there's a there's a lot at stake. Um, you know, we'll be a lot better than we were last weekend. Given, I suppose, not only the fact that it's a Shield challenge, but also that local derby, have you noticed anything different in the in the camp this week? This is obviously my first derby game over here. Um, you know, I've lived through a few Queensland New South Wales derbies, um, so I understand you know the psyche to the players and how um, they each side gets themselves up for it there's more significance to it in this derby game because uh, there's the Ranfilly Shield at stake but you know I understand uh, Jamie Joseph the new Highlander coach will be there and um, you know effectively you know the majority of his squad is playing in this game so it's an opportunity to um, you know get one over uh, you know an opponent and, and stake a claim for higher honours. What about from a coaching perspective what changes or, or differences have, have you particularly noticed coming to Otago? The style of game that I've come from, um, you know, is different to the style of game that, uh, you know, Otago are accustomed to playing. And to a degree, that's dictated too by climate. Um, You know, obviously in Brisbane, faster, harder grounds. Um, Young rugby players are brought up on a ball-in-hand type game. Um, Down here, not just in Otago, but right through the South Island, there's a proud history of, uh, you know, really hard forward play and, you know, sort of setting a really strong foundation with the forwards. So I certainly don't want to change that. Was there any reticence coming into, I suppose, sort of a a heartland area of New Zealand rugby and being an Australian to to boot? Oh, look, you know, there was... uh, It it was a brave move by the Otago Rugby Union to to appoint me. Um, They've probably gone against the grain to to an extent by appointing me, but, you know, there are parallels um, to where I've come from. Queensland is also... You know, a heartland state, uh, heartland rugby province in Australia, and um, you know, where uh, I think the other parallels are, you know, we're not 
um, the bigger or more fancy teams. Um, we always feel, I guess, that we have to punch above our weight to get recognised. So, yeah, whilst there's obvious differences, there's also uh, some pretty strong similarities. The Otago rugby coach Phil Mooney talking to Stephen Hewson. This is Extra Time. The Silver Ferns played their first netball test of the year against Samoa and Porirua this weekend. The two sides have played just three tests previously. The last was in 2003, which the Silver Ferns won by over 50 points. The match is the first of seven tests the Silver Ferns will play in the lead-up to the Commonwealth Games in Delhi, with two more against Jamaica and three against Australia. Back in the side after a three-year absence is defender Anna Scarlett. Scarlett gave netball away in 2007 after missing out on the side for the world champs and opted to compete on the international beach volleyball circuit. She's been named in the New Zealand team for Delhi and spoke to sports reporter Stephen Hewson about why she gave up the sun and the sand of beach volleyball. It's been amazing how quickly it's all happened and how sort of things are coming back quickly. It's uh, a nice feeling. Girls have been great. There's a few change in terminology. Ultimately, it's still the same game. So I'm just sliding back in there and sort of putting everything together. It's coming back nicely. What's been the, the biggest adjustment you've had to make? Um, I think well, it's actually been quite easy. I mean, the lifestyle that Susan and I have been doing is very much on our own and doing everything. So it's a huge appreciation for the structure of netball and the support. So um, we've got all our nutrition and all our conditioning and everything. I'm a routine girl, so when you wake up in the morning, there's a daily schedule. It's really nice to just follow that and just cruise through the day and focus on performing and training. Yeah. The netball, has it changed much? Um, I haven't had any international games yet. I've only had club and um, trials, so it generally feels the same. I think it's, um, everyone's saying it's a lot more physical, potentially faster, but, um, you know, it's been two and a half, about three years in Australia. We're always fast and physical, so it might be a little bit different when I get out there, but I'm not afraid of that. Why well, I mentioned your, your fitness was extremely good. Well, that's nice. <laughs> no, um, I actually feel the strongest, of it, mate, though I may not look it. Um, the sand is a great surface to, to train on for anybody. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've just grown and, um, yeah, physically I'm stronger. Um, thank my parents for really good genes aerobically, so I've always been uh, okay in the beep and the yo-yo that we do. So it's just a matter of getting back in there and learning the tactics, making combinations and yeah, making it work on court. How tough was it on the, the volleyball scene sort of? off the sand when it came to your lifestyle? Yeah, it's the lifestyle that is the really difficult part of the World Tour, especially from New Zealand. We're away, um, and that's part of the reason why I made my decision was um, we actually need to be away all of the time. There's... um, you have to be away to play in our winter, but in our summer we really need to be over training as well. And um, it's an all-year season for us as well. We need to play on the New Zealand tour to get sponsors. Uh, you're moving every week. We don't have a base, so it's sort of um, what we can afford. And um, there's some very friendly people out there in the world who love New Zealanders. So we've made a lot of hookups with a friend who knows somebody in that country. So we arrive at a stranger's door and be like, "Hi, <laughs> we're staying with you." So you weren't living the high life? No, we weren't. When you make main draw for the, like, and that's the, the good part, is when you make um, the main draw, you get five-star hotel. It's, it's required to have a nice hotel. But when you get knocked out of the tournament, you've got one more night there and you've got to find your own place. So um, while you're in the main draw, you just stock up on food <laughs> and uh, sleep well. So enjoy the high life. How did you cope with that? Well, I mean, because presumably you ended up in a few dives, did you? 
there's definitely a few dodgy ones we're in. Um, Barcelona was one of the worst. Um, that was actually very dangerous. We arrived there really late and we actually got on the last train from the airport and it was one o'clock in the morning and we were walking through the streets and I was actually said to Suze, hey, this is actually really quite serious. We, we are two women alone. So we got in a taxi and um, arrived at our super duper um, backpackers, which was really interesting. But we moved out of there after one night and found a better place. So there's been a couple other backpackers that we've stayed in. So they're not the best for high performance, you know. People aren't usually there for um, performing in sports. So there's a lot of parties going on. So, yeah. When did you get to the point that you decided, right, this is it, I'm going back to netball? Um, yeah, it definitely started to creep into my mind um, when we were in Brazil and uh, we were training with a coach there and, and he had very generously given us an um, apartment that was unfurnished to stay in because it, saved, it was free for us and it was definitely, uh, it was definitely I was lying on the mattress and I, I was really seriously thinking, wow, what, what's happening here, where are we going, what do we need and uh, I need to reassess what, what our goals are and what we need and it, it came from there. Yeah. What do you think the volleyball's done for you though? coming back to netball? Uh, experiencing that is, is it's invaluable. Um, you know, when you, you come into a sport like netball, it's really, for a woman, it's our most supported, um, best sport to play, and it really is a really nice structure in there, and you can take that for granted. Going to beach, um, you get exposed to a lot of other things, uh, not only the unstructured, but uh, high performance as well. I mean, beach volleyball is played by so many countries. You go to a World Tour event and it's set up so professionally and, um, yeah, Susan and I found our own sponsorship and we organised that stuff too. So I should have done a marketing degree in university rather than a physio degree, but you live and learn. Sport and business go hand in hand. That's what I've learned as well. Anna Scarlett. The New Zealand men's hockey team has found some form after a disastrous start to the Champions Trophy tournament in Germany. At the start of the tournament for the top six teams in the world, New Zealand lost 9-1 to world champions Australia and then 5-2 to Olympic champions Germany. Since then they've beaten the Netherlands and drew with Spain and they remain in contention for a good finish at the tournament. The Black Sticks coach Shane McLeod told Barry Guy that after a rough start, He's happy with the form they're now showing. Our boys are playing pretty well. You know, you you uh, look at the progress over the the course of the week, and uh, the guys are playing better. Uh, the, the combinations are working well. You know, we we hit the tournament with two of the toughest sort of opposition that you can come up against, with Australia being the world champions and uh, Germany being the Olympic champions. So, you know, we're, we're, we're behind them and, and uh, we struggle with the rhythm. But the, the teams like Spain, uh, we obviously are on a par with and, and it was a fantastic result against Holland. So, you know, there's no reason why we can't go that next step. And do you feel that uh, your team obviously is making progress? Are, are you satisfied with generally how you're doing in the top six uh, competition? Oh, extremely. You know, like this, um, it, it's a good competition and there's no easy game. So there'll be two benefits for our program. One, you know, over this week, just the guys having to, to back up good game after good game, but but also the, the flow on uh, over the next six months with the, the players that we've brought along here. You know, it gives a huge boost to your program. So, yeah, it's been a fantastic um, experience, great exposure for some new players as well and and, uh, you know, we still have the desires. It'd be great to, to play for a medal, and, and that's an experience that, that's not always easy to provide to, to players. So if we can do that, you know, I'd be extremely happy for our program. And, and the program is like Commonwealth Games? It is a busy one. So the next thing for us is Com Games, and this has been really good preparation. Um, 
but then the next is the Olympics is, is the next major event for us. So our hope is that uh, we can carry some of this form and keep some of the young players developing and uh, nurture some of the skills that have been um, evident over this last week and, and then put them into the next big event, which uh, is not only the Commonwealth, but looking forward to the Olympics. Can you keep some of your older ones uh, that long? Well, no. No, we won't be able to. Uh, you know, we, we'd like to keep them, uh, and we're doing our, our utmost to, to keep them going, but um, we're also investing a lot of time and effort into the, the next generation coming through because um, they're extremely talented, and, and I think that you, do, you have to do that. You know, um, players start to get older and their game changes, and... and uh, you have to factor that into uh, what you're looking to develop. So it would be nice to keep a few of them, but you know it's, it's impossible for us to hold all of them. I've, I've sort of been asked, um, you know, where the New Zealand hockey taking the next step, and I've sort of thought, well, around six, seven, eight's really where they're ranked. Am I wrong there? Can New Zealand hockey go that little bit higher? Well, you know, I, I think this has probably shown that we can. You know, the Holland sitting at three in the world at the moment, Spain sitting at four. So, you know, the, the last two teams we've played and, and showed good results. I'd, um, I'd suggest we've still got a little ground to make on Germany. And and, um, and at the moment, I think Australia is, uh, is is very much leading the way. And and for us, we, we just have to keep tracking them, make sure they don't make huge gains over the next little while. Um, but, yeah, I should see us sitting just in behind those those top two at the moment. So you're pretty happy heading towards, say, Delhi next? Yeah, I am. I, I am happy. Um, I, I just have a, uh, you know, I have to be very mindful of the team that we take to, to Delhi. Um, it, it's a good uh, good side, um, but we also have to start uh, trying some new players, and, and um, well, not, not brand new players, but give some opportunities to some players that are, been sitting in our program that has shown really good progress. So, you know, that we, we have to consider a lot of things when we prepare for those types of events. And this is only the fifth time you've been at the Champions Trophy. New Zealand has, I suppose, being a regular participant there is a big thing too. Oh, huge. You know, it's, it's very, very tough to get in. It's, it's a very select, uh, it's almost like an old boys network, you know, and the, the teams that consistently playing that uh, they just get great rehearsal um, at the highest level all the time so that's uh, what I was referring to with you know it's a progress now and and also the boost to our program it means that all these players have played the top five teams in the world with games of consequence and and uh, when you do that uh, it's amazing how quickly they, they jump um, jump levels and jump in confidence and you can see with a couple of the young guys that we're uh, working with uh, young Nick Wilson. had an outstanding uh, Champions Trophy. He's uh, clearly going to be one of the best um, strikers in the world. Steve Edwards has, uh, has also shown that he's um, right up there with the best midfielders in the world. And, and a young guy, Leo Hilton, is, is coming on leaps and bounds because of uh, just this sort of experience. That's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.